Good day, sir. Welcome to Political Football. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I um, got a great workout. I'm sore from the weekend. Um, worked out kind of on Sunday where I don't normally do that. So feeling kind of good, though. Feeling kind of good. How you that's, doing? That's good. Oh, I've been I've been all right. Just got back. You know, I was in Charleston last week. So How was that? It was fantastic. It was a pretty great seeing, um, you know, this is public local football. So I'll mention real quick that being in South Carolina during the election was actually kind of fun. Just nice. nonstop windmill dunks on Lindsey Graham all over the airways. <laughs> Jamie, I don't know how that guy keeps his seat, man. Seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Jamie Harrison, who's the challenger to Lindsey Graham for the Senate seat in South Carolina, young black guy, seems pretty cool. He, okay. um, his ads. The tagline is, and I quote, Lindsey Graham is everything you hate about politics in one man. I'm Jamie Harrison, and I endorse this message. Oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, just absolutely brutal. So, like, I think Graham's going to win or whatever, but it was just really nice to see, like, you know, just you turn on the local news and people are just insulting Lindsey Graham. It was wonderful. Yeah. Rightfully so, brother. Rightfully so. All right, man. Are you ready to talk some football? Absolutely. All right. So, um, obviously, it's been an interesting week. Um, we, unfortunately, in this country, um, and actually this world, we've hit a million deaths, which is insane uh, globally. Uh, last week, I mentioned that we had just hit 200,000 in America. But uh, globally, we're still, this thing is still on. So, you know, please protect yourselves. Please don't make wearing a mask or wearing a face covering political because it's not. It's just to protect me. And someone else, man, like just, just kind of like help us all out so we can get through this thing. I mean, I, I completely agree. I just think that, you know, when we see the pandemic continue to rage, it's getting, it's getting worse again. Cases are starting to go back up like we, like we expected. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like the mask and that sort of stuff is not political at all. Like if you don't wear a face mask in public in areas where you can't be six feet apart, like you are an asshole. And so don't do that. Like just, just wear it. So the question is, were the Tennessee Titans not wearing face masks at some point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know about that uh, that that story until um, you sent me the link. Uh, I was actually working out when it happened, so I thought I missed something. Uh, but it was bound to happen. You know, it was bound to happen, and hopefully, uh, we don't see anything on the on the Vikings. Is that the team that they played? Yeah, so what happened is that three players and five personnel for the Titans tested positive uh, earlier yesterday for the coronavirus after having played in Minnesota on on Sunday. And the NFL does the rapid daily testing, and I'm not as familiar with how that impacts the need for contact tracing. I know it lowers it, but the Titans, the NFL still told them they cannot go back to their facility until Saturday. Okay. And they're supposed to play the the Steelers on Sunday. Okay. So that's uh, that's sort of where that's at. The, the Vikings said they had no positive cases. However, if they got exposed against the Titans on Sunday, I don't know that any of the players would test positive like the next day. I think there's a lag time between when you get it and when you can test positive. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not entirely clear on that. And like I said, with this rapid tech thing, it's a little bit different than how it was at the start. But the Vikings aren't out of the woods yet. Uh, The Titans players, you know, just because only three tested positive, they have to retest everybody else. Actually, as of right now, I'm not sure this game gets played on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's insane. They said everyone was asymptomatic. So hopefully... 
um, you know, like we don't, we don't, someone doesn't get violently ill behind this thing. It's, 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 it's nuts. It's yep. nuts. All right. So, um, Thursday night football, uh, uh, last week, I guess, cause that's our, 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 our week start. Uh, yep. let's run down the games. Sounds good. So, uh, Last Thursday night, we had the Miami Dolphins at Jacksonville. Miami won 31-13. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was on a ghost tour of Charleston while this game was happening, so I did not watch it live. I did go back and rewatch the the quick the quick version, and a couple things stood out. Number one, James Robinson, the running back for Jacksonville, is good. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and he's an upgrade over Leonard Fournette. So, yeah, so that's, so that's good for Jacksonville. And the second thing I noticed is that Good Ryan Fitzpatrick can still beat up on bad teams. Yo, that's the that's the thing I've been saying about this guy, man. He he's actually he could actually end up in the Hall of Fame. He can actually numbers wise. I know that the the play has been scant and all over the place and erratic, but and you know the guy's a, a, a pure journeyman. Um, but you know when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's off. So it's he's really a truly uh, gamble pick uh, when you. I mean, you play, you know, um, the lines, and I just didn't, I wouldn't even know to either pick against him or pick him up or not pick him up. I don't even know what to do because you don't know who's going to show up. And if yeah. you don't pick him when he's on, then you're like, oh my god, I could I could have made some money with this guy, you know? Yeah, no, he is when he's on though. Bad teams do not stand a chance. So I actually think that going forward, anytime the Dolphins are playing a team that's just not good, that all for DFS. The Dolphins players are in play for sports betting. You want to look at the Dolphins to win outright. Because, yeah, if if, uh, if uh, the bad fits had shown up, they'd probably lose this game. But when good fits shows up, I mean, they crushed Jacksonville in this game. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was the Thursday night game. Like I said, not much to talk about. Two bad teams there. The uh, first 1 p.m. game we have here, the San Francisco 49ers, 36, at the New York Giants, 9. So, we, yeah, so we had... Uh, the 49ers JV squad to just absolutely demolish the Giants. So I take it the turf wasn't a problem. <laughs> uh, the turf did. There were a couple close calls. Jordan Reed like hyperextended his knee rather than completely tear it up, but it was very close. Okay. It was it was problematic, but not not as bad as it was the week before. Mm. So obviously, what I say, Quan. I mean, we talked about this last week and the week before that. He's he he was their offense or eighty percent off. Cause I, I couldn't name a Giants receiver to tell you the truth. Um, how bad you think this is this is gonna get for the, for the two New York teams? I know we'll talk about the Jets later, but how bad you think this is gonna get? Yeah, it's gonna be pretty bad for the Giants. I have a note here where I basically said that Joe Judge should just be fired ASAP. He's Freddie Kitchens two point oh. Oh wow. Yeah, it's. Like, it just isn't going to work, so it's time to just move on. Um, he is he is in over his head. He's not good, so they should just get they should just get rid of him. The Giants are not going to be the worst team in New York City this year, but they might be the second worst team in football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's to kind of think of what they were, you know, five, maybe even ten years ago. You know, obviously, uh, it just shows you uh, the value of good QB play. Yep. Um, it also shows you the value of good coaching. 
you know, for those of you guys that have a good coach, um, I don't. But for those that have a good coach, you kind of can see where, you know, development happens and, you know, how players, you know, are supposed to progress as they mature in the league. Um, and I, I feel sorry for Danny Dimes. It wasn't his fault he got picked where he got picked, you know? I mean, and he, he has some flashes of greatness his, his, his rookie year. But he's settling in now, and he's going to have to settle into some lumps because they're going to be in a rebuild for the next two, three years, possibly. Yeah. Um, the The thing about the Giants is that the front office is so bad with Dave Gettleman. Oh, he, yeah. Like, Daniel Jones is the worst pick that he's made while he was there. Saquon Barkley at number two is very close. Taking a running back second overall is not a way to win in the NFL. No. And, you know, so I think that that the Giants are just absolutely terrible. I do want to mention the 49ers for a second here. I did say coming into the season, I thought the 49ers were going to be not as good as last year and finish third in that division. And the truth is they're going to finish fourth in that division. And that's because of the injuries, and they're just—they're going to hit a cliff coming up. They're, the yeah, coaches... I mean they're decimated. I mean we—we, we, I mean for them to even crank out some wins at this point, uh, the path forward, as you like to say, it's going to be—it's going to be tough. Um, I mean they squeak, you know, they did what they can. I mean it was the Giants, but they're going to have some teams where they're going to go up against, and it's going to—it's going to get rough. It's going to get really rough. Yeah, their their division is is too hard. You know, if they were if they were in the NFC East. You know, you swap them with the Giants, and maybe they can finish second and go eight and eight or whatever. But they got to play the Rams twice. They got to play the Seahawks twice. They got to play Arizona again. You know, it's just it's not going to go well for them. But they're a team that, again, coming into next season, could just bounce right back and be twelve and four again. But yeah. this season, the 49ers are are done. We need to. The fact they made the Super Bowl last year is now irrelevant. It just it doesn't matter anymore. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yep. Uh, the next game we have here, we have uh, the Washington football team, 20, at your Cleveland Browns, 34. <laughs> My Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. I wish I, – I, you know what? I should I should become a fucking Browns fan, honestly. Well, well obviously you should for two <laughs> reasons. One, you're thinking about giving up on the Jets into your name. <laughs> yeah, like, on it, right? Right. Like, like, you know, they named the team for Paul Brown. Right, so they named the city after you. They named the team for the owner. There you go. It's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. So Baker, I guess, looked good again. Huh? Yeah, I mean, so Baker Mayfield is good when he can be protected, which is a, a decent enough position to be in. When they can run the ball, when the other team's offense isn't that great, Baker can avoid just ruining the game for Cleveland, which is... But, which is probably ahead of where you thought he was coming into the season. Mm-hmm. And the Browns, the Browns are like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of teams where they will crush bad teams. Oh yeah. I mean, he looks, I mean, yeah, he looks good. <laughs> um, but we'll see how that sustains up against contenders. Yeah. It's not going to sustain very well, but I think it's a lot to do with the team around him as well, but they're, they're close. Cleveland is very close to being good. So they're going to be 8-8, eight and, eight, and they're going to, like, lose a game that they shouldn't, and they're going to absolutely demolish a team that they should not beat. But they're, they're like, the mediocre team in the NFL. Gotcha. A couple other notes about Cleveland. They have the best backfield in the NFL with Kareem oh, Hunt yeah. and Nick Chubb. Are you, yeah. It's, yeah. That's, that's a, you know, that's a nightmare to 
uh, have to game plan for both these guys. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so for a, a fantasy, like season-long fantasy, the classic way of playing it, if you're a team right now that's struggling, you're 1-2 and two or you're 0-3, maybe you had Saquon and he's gone or whatever, trade for one of these two backs. Because if one or the other gets hurt, the person that remains is going to be one of the five top running backs in the league. Yeah, they're gonna go off. Right, and so if you're if you're zero three right now, you need to make start switching up and look. You know, you have to start making things happen. So maybe overpay a little bit for Kareem Hunt and just be like, well, Nick Chubb goes down, I have the top five running back. You know, something something like that. So just a little bit of fantasy uh, uh, advice for the people that are struggling out there. Absolutely. Uh, the next game was the most just disheartening disappointing game on the schedule uh for me anyways and that was the cincinnati Bengals 23 at the philadelphia eagles 23 oh man i mean all right so i'm glad i'm glad we get into this early because um <laughs> you i mean you predicted that 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 they were low-key trash and yep. um i i remember clearly and i can go to tape if i need to is that carson wentz is not the problem I don't know if this guy thinks that Jalen Hurts is on his heels to take his job. I don't know what it is. This guy's the regression has been unbelievable. He's like off a cliff. And I get it that the offensive line is not is not his guys. It's you know they're they're you know running triage right now. But it's just decision making, or I don't know if it's the coaching or if it's the QB on the fly. What the fuck is going on in Philly? So, I would make the counter-argument that Carson Wentz is the only reason they got a tie in this game. And if Danny Dimes was the, was the quarterback of the Eagles, <laughs> they lose this game by two touchdowns. So, can you name... So, Zach Ertz is currently healthy. Yeah. Can you name another Eagles pass catcher that is currently healthy? Mm, no. I mean, they're all banged up. D-Jack is always... I mean, you know, yep. he's, he's old as dirt, so I get it. Um, what's their other guy? Um, Deshaun Jackson hurt. Jalen Rager hurt. Alshon Jeffrey hurt. Dallas yeah. Goddard got hurt in this game. So he's throwing passes to Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, I mean, literally, if they get another injury, I'm going to the game. <laughs> what receiver for them. <laughs> so uh, I run a good button hook, so, you know, and I can catch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You know, there, you mentioned the offensive line is is banged up. Carson Wentz, he literally has he has nothing. It's just him, and I think that a lot of the regression is the fact that he knows it's just him. And what do you do? You don't trust any receiver except for Zach Ertz, who's always triple covered. You can't get any blocking. Like what? What would what would any quarterback who's not just an absolute legend do in that situation? But like somebody that we know for sure is good. I'll give you that, but I also give it that the coach doesn't have any any confidence in the staff or the team. Well, yeah, that's because the team is the JV team. It's like the 49ers again. If okay, if Tom Brady became the quarterback of the Eagles this week, do, do you really think that changes their outlook? No, I mean they're they're playing with a, like I said, you know, anyone that knows football, if there's no protection, if there's no, you know, uh line play, the trenches, the big uglies whatever you want to call it, it's going to be a rough day. And again, you just noted some very serious things about who he's throwing to or not um, throwing to. But to play for a tie 
Yeah, so I'll, I want to get to the game theory about playing for a tie in a, in a second. But to complete to, to complete the thought, I uh, so yes, if Tom Brady was on the Eagles, the Eagles are still trash. If Carson Wentz was on the Bucks, do you think he would be playing better? Do you think he'd be looking better on the field, throwing to Godwin and Evans and all that? Well, I mean, yeah, because they're healthy. <laughs> right. So what I'm saying is I'm not so sure that the regression from Wentz is a reflection on Wentz. I think it's a reflection of the fact that Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback on bad teams. So he's not Archie Manning or Matt Stafford, right? He's not a quarterback that can be good when a team is bad, but he can be a quarterback that's great when the team is good. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Point taken. Yep. I know as far as the game theory goes for for this, I do not understand playing for a tie. And so first the Eagles, with the time running out overtime, they played for a 59-yard field goal. Like that was their that was their thing. We're gonna run it three straight times to get our field our 59-yard field goal, which I know their kicker can kick up from longer than 60, but 59 is not a given. And if you miss there was still time on the clock. If yeah, go hit, for it. Yeah, the Bengals are right there. And so then they line up for the field goal. They they jump early. So they get backed up five yards. So that's a 64-yard field goal. Yeah. And shit. they punt. And it's like I, I don't <laughs> I don't get it. Like just lose the game. Yeah. There are upsides to losing in the NFL anyways. Like I'm gonna laugh when they get the seventh overall pick because they have a tie instead of the fifth overall pick or whatever, and the player they want gets taken in front of them. Like it's okay to and, lose and, your man. And that's the ramifications. The I'm glad you said that. That's the ramifications of a tie, ladies and gentlemen. It it's win or lose is what it is. When you tie, it's like you're settling for whatever. You're settling for you know, I mean, where is the Doug Peterson that was actually the guy with the Philly special? Like, dialing up these plays, uh, fearless, reckless, abandoned. You know, I get it. You're playing with the JV squad. I get it. But, but so where is that guy? So here's the thing, though, about the game theory. Ties are bad for bad teams and good for good teams. Right. If you're a team, if you're a good team, a team that's going to be in the playoff hunt, avoiding losses has real upside for you. And a tie is an okay outcome. Not as good as a win, but it's way better than a loss. For the Bengals and the Eagles, half a win doesn't get them anything. They're not going to be in a playoff contention. A win is good because it's a win. And a loss is okay because you don't want to lose. But, like, when you're out of it and you know draft position, you're getting started towards next year and whatever, you know, it's not the worst thing in the in the world. A tie sort of splits the difference. You don't get the benefits of a loss. You don't get the joy of the win, right? But if you're, like, the Packers and you can get yourself a tie instead of a loss and you're maybe competing for home field advantage or whatever, then it's better. But for these teams, they should just have gone all out in overtime. Like, throw a Hail Mary. I don't care. Like, do something to to try to win. It just, it was just really disheartening to see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Philly, I don't know what to, you know. I agree with um, that they shouldn't just yank the guy just yet. You know, let him play another game at least to see where they're at. To say, well, you know what? We're not playing for anything. Let's see what we got in our cupboards for the next go-around. Um, th- one more interesting note. Is that the last time the Eagles were 0-3, the coach was the quarterback. 
don't know if you I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's really I interesting. Thought, I, I was hoping that you didn't know that so I can give you something to laugh about. That was the last time they were 0-3. He was the quarterback of that team. Awesome, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Oh, sorry, just one more thing about this game. Uh, so we can compare comparing how the Eagles did at home against Cincinnati to what Cleveland did away at Cincinnati the week earlier mm-hmm. shows like how the Browns aren't terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They might not be good, but they, they certainly aren't terrible. Absolutely. All right. Next, next game we have my Las Vegas Raiders 20 at the New England Patriots 36. Hmm. Yeah, this game, there wasn't much in this game. This game went exactly how you thought it would. It's just that the Raiders having beat the Saints on Monday night, you're like, oh, are they a little bit better than we thought or whatever? But really, mm-hmm. this game just went exactly how you would think. Uh, Bill Belichick continues to take away number one options from other teams. So against New Orleans on Monday night, Darren Waller, the tight end, had 16 targets, 14 catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> against New England, he had four targets, two catches, and nine yards. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like is this is this the same guy? Like right. that's insane. Like that's Bill insane. Belichick, Bill Belichick is like, I am taking away what you do best and we'll see what happens. And he's been doing it for 20 years and it works. It works, yeah. It works a lot. Now <laughs> they, they have Kansas City this week, so that might, you know, <laughs> yeah. you take away, but yeah, but for a team like like the Raiders, but like they only have the one player, they just they just annihilated them. The only other note I have for this game is that Cam Newton is now Cam Newton again. Yeah, well, no, you know what? Not, like he's ju- he's just Cam. It's Cam has always been. Yeah, it, it's um, you know, I don't know. He's he's gonna flash um some stuff, and like I said, I want to see how long the, the shoulder holds up because obviously it's it's surgically repaired. Um, I just I just I just hope he gets through the season without getting hurt because I I think I want to see him in New England one more year. You know, this is like a like how you say like a year zero. Um, you know, I want to see what he can do uh, in a non-COVID, whatever, like with a training camp with everything. I mean, the guy had to come in and like learn a new offense and everything like that, and especially learn the Patriot way. I get all of that, but not to have all the particulars that go with that. I want to see what he can do with a full, you know, a full setup versus kind of like, hey, we got to come in. And again, everybody's have to come in and do this, so. He's not, you know, it's not just on him. It's everyone's kind of making do with what's going on. Yeah, you, uh, you're going to get Cam for more than one more year in New England. He's going to retire there. He's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's there. He's going to get like a five year, four or five year deal. He's what 30, 31? 31, Yeah, yeah. So he'll get like a he'll get like a three or four year deal, and he's going to be there for a little bit. I mean, because if you're Belichick, you have this guy who's already established. What are you going to do? Go draft somebody? Hope and then, you yeah, get him right. Build, yeah. Yeah. Right, no, sign, sign camp for four years. Belichick's like, okay, I got four more years in me. Go for it. Try to get one more title and, and get out. Um, so, yeah, not not a ton on that game. Like I said, it went how we thought it would go. Mm-hmm. The next game, however, quite a bit. The Fighting Foles, the Chicago Bears, 30. The Atlanta Falcons, 26. Man, I don't know how Dan Quinn still has a job. I don't know. <sighs> Can you can you can you enlighten me and and our listening audience, please? So I actually have my third note on this game is Dan Quinn done. So I don't think Dan Quinn actually has a job anymore. I just don't think they fired him yet. He has to know he's fired, right? He has yeah. to know that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, 
you know, he's been good for them. Took them to a Super Bowl where they blew a huge lead. We'll get to that. Um, so I think that, you know, they're not just going to snap him off clean early in the season. But, yeah, he's he's done. He might be a Black Monday, you know, that Monday. After oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I, I, I know four coaches are going to be Black Monday. And he's he's leading it. Well, actually, I think Gates is going to lead it, but... We'll see, but yeah, they they find ways to lose. I mean, how can you get up? I get it. NFL is you know a national football professional league, mm-hmm. and no lead is ever safe. But you gotta protect the lead, man. I don't I don't understand what how they self destruct. So the note that I have here for this, and then a little little mini rant connected to this. The Falcons have now blown 14-point fourth-quarter leads two weeks in a row. Yeah, and and the other part of that historical fact is that the Bears have come from behind twice. Yeah. The, the only team in NFL history to come, like, you know, down 14 or whatever it was. Yeah. I can't, I can't remember the exact number. But, yeah, like, that game was a historical game. Yeah, that, uh, um, the other comeback for the Bears is week one against the Lions, so thanks for that. Um... So I did football. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I so I do want to mention this because we're seeing this being brought up a lot more on broadcast now, and that is the win probabilities at various points of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, next gen stats can calculate this thing almost instantly now, and they put it right up into the screen. Scott Hansen's talk about in a red zone, all the morons who announce games like for the actual games are talking about it, and so. I want to talk a little bit about how they're talking about it. Okay. The, the Falcons against the Cowboys had a 98% win probability at one point. The Falcons against the Bears had a 98% win probability at one point. So the way the announcers are talking about this is like, this is the most insane, improbable, out-of-the-world thing to ever happen, that they could blow these two situations. And this is frustrating because it's not. It's not that much of a long shot. So... The 98%, which means that the opponents, the Cowboys and the Bears, reach 1 in 50 to win. One time in 50, they would win. Yeah. So the odds of both of them winning is 1 in 2,500. 2,500 to 1 is a long <laughs> shot, kind of. But it's not like like winning the Mega Millions is like 1 in 275 million. Yeah, like, yeah. Like we're talking, you know, 1 in 2,500 is not insane if yeah. i told you if i told you there's a one in 2500 chance you were gonna die tomorrow like you would freak out yeah you know yeah. and so it is it is a crazy thing that it happened and it shouldn't happen it should only happen one in every 2500 times i guess but the way the announcers talk about it you would think every player on the team got struck by lightning at once yeah it, it it's uh <laughs> i mean again you know you you're more versed than I am when it comes to some of these odds and what make up these odds and you know if it's home field advantage if it's the percentage of the kicker on turf versus grass whatever the you know the, the uh, situation is yeah so, to kind of hear what you're saying is yeah I, I get where you're going with that yeah it, it just you know and so I just want like the listeners to to try to keep that more in check when you hear these announcers losing their minds. Like I said, like every player on the Falcons just hit the mega millions at the same time. It's not, it's not statistically insane that, uh, they blew both those 
games in a row. It's insane from a football perspective. Like your coach is getting fired to do better. Yeah. <laughs> but statistically, it's not. It's not the craziest thing to ever happen. So I wanted to mention that. And then the last thing on this game we have to talk about is your boy Nick Foles coming in from Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Oh man. So obviously, I think. Um, I think now. I think they're. I think the train is moving on from Mitch. And I didn't know, or I didn't remember that the Bears passed on Mahomes and they passed on on Deshaun Watson. Oh, they didn't just pass. They traded up to number two. (laughs) And I didn't, I had to go back and like look at some film on Trubisky to say, well, maybe this guy in college was like lighting it up. I don't know. But I was like, to, to, to see these two other guys in the NFL doing really good and where he is, I'm like, wow, like their GM should have been fired immediately. So here's the thing. Those of us who are obsessed with college football and watch all the college football, mm-hmm. uh, it is it was insane at the time to think that Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky should be drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson and mildly crazy to think they should go ahead of Pat Mahomes. Deshaun Watson was to college football. I'm trying to think of what a, a good comparison is is now. I mean, he was the college football what Lamar Jackson was last year. Yeah. What about the year that uh that uh Vince Young um won the championship? Uh Deshaun Watson, I would say as a college football player, probably two to three times better than Vince Young. Wow. Yeah. Not not even close. Okay. Um not even close. You know, Deshaun Watson Cam Newton is the most unstoppable college football player I've ever seen on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I'm too young to have seen Bo Jackson, Crystal Walker, probably. Yeah. But, you know, Cam was just, you know, yeah. there, was a, there was a play in 2010 where Cam Newton broke a read option in the open against LSU and just flat outran Patrick Peterson to the end zone. Yeah. So Cam was special. But Deshaun is right behind him. Like, okay. So, yeah, so it was insane to couch at the time. So don't bother going back and watching Mitch Trubisky at North Carolina. It's he was good, but it's nothing, it's nothing special. No, yeah, no, but, but not good enough for a trade up. Like, what, right? Right. And Mahomes, Mahomes' arm talent was on display at Texas Tech, and they ran the air ring. So he threw 60 passes a game at Texas Tech and was just <laughs> bombing it downfield. He had a game against he had a game against Oklahoma where he had 850 total yards of offense, and they lost. <laughs> All I could do is laugh because, again, Trubisky got picked before these guys. And again, right. it goes to you how the scouts work or yep. what what intel they thought they had or thought they knew or what, you know, what goes on in these war rooms that we don't see. But obviously, you know, the truth comes out in the wash. It's like this guy is not really good. And uh, to, to, to kind of close out on this, Foles, we'll see if Foles can finish the season because he's, you know, he's a good six game, seven game stretch guy. And then he gets hurt. It's been his MO for the longest, and I don't know why it's like that, but we'll see if he finishes out the season. Yeah, no, but he definitely deserves deserves to, to finish it out. So, speaking of teams that passed on Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson that probably shouldn't have, the Rams 32, the Bills 35. <laughs> uh, so, Josh the, Rosen, man. <laughs> the, yeah, so the Bills are up 28 to 3 in this game. And uh, blew the lead. And we're down 32 to 28. And they came back and won in the last second. So this game was just insane all over the place. Uh, Josh Allen, though, you know, in the pre in the preview show, 
talked about him being a potential MVP candidate, talked about the fantasy guy with a 10,000 on him at 50 to 1 to win MVP. He's not going to win MVP. No. But that might only be because of Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russ Russ is dangerous. I like that. He's yeah. he, he's on. I mean, he, they look good. They right, look good. right. But I think Josh Allen might finish second. So, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, he's just he's he's really really good. I mentioned they blew that they blew that twenty to three lead. But the interesting thing about this game is that we had a little bit of karma, which I don't actually believe in. But we had a little bit of karma. The Rams were winning 32-28. The Bills had fourth down at like their, you know, the the uh, Rams 20-yard line or something. They threw an incomplete pass. A late flag, like five beats later, flag comes in. Fan of pass interference call against the Rams. Mm. Bills get another chance. They score the very next play. Game over. Twitter was on fire with Rams fans complaining about this. And I'm like, use a little bit of awareness. You went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Worst yeah. blown call in history. Yeah. So get the fuck out of here. Right. Just <laughs> take your medicine. Like, you know, you you got to go to the Super Bowl and the Saints didn't. The Saints could have won that Super Bowl too. And they didn't get to go because they called Ruby Coleman, like, saw the guy's head off during the play and there was no call. So I don't want to hear it from from Rams fans ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It, you know, and you're right. It, it, it's insane. Yeah. I yep. get it. Yeah. So that game was an exciting game to watch, but there wasn't that much in it really. I mean, both teams looked good. They just took turns doing it. You know, the Bills looked good in the first half. The Rams looked good in the second half. Uh, the Rams, if they had taken Deshaun Watson instead of Jared Goff, well, who knows? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, the next game that I have down here is one I don't have a lot of thoughts on, really. The Houston Texans 21 at the Pittsburgh Steelers 28. Um, yeah, Steelers are who the Steelers are. Yeah, they just continue to boa constrict teams. Uh, James Conner went over 100 yards for two weeks in a row. And I was actually, he was a surprise to me not opting out because he's a cancer survivor. Yeah. So I really thought that he was going to... Uh, that he was going to opt out this season, but he did it. He's he's looking great. The Houston offense is very flat. You know, they just they they really miss uh DeAndre Hopkins and the coach should be up uh Black Monday firing for sure. Yeah, he's he he's my number four. So um yep. yeah you got that much talent and you trade away a weapon like Hopkins for I don't know what bag of a bag of magic beans or whatever. Right. Right, so, the, yeah. the the shambling corpse of David Johnson. Yeah, like seriously, I you know I forgot he was even in the fucking league to be honest with you before yeah. the season started. I just for... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so not not a ton of that game. Just that the Steelers continue to to look look fantastic, and they're gonna they're gonna be there in the end. They're they're gonna they're gonna be a problem in the playoffs. Um, next game we have we have the Tennessee Titans thirty one at the Minnesota Vikings 30. We already touched on this game a little bit with the Titans testing positive for a COVID-19. But in a football sense, this was a great Derrick Henry bounce back spot, and he did. 100 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, he, yeah, it was good to get him see him get going, you know? He looks good. And I know you like talking about the rookies. Did you notice the uh, rookie in this game that stood out? Uh, no. 
Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver, uh, first round pick for the Minnesota Vikings. He had been, you know, coming along slowly, no camp or whatever. So, but this was his first game where he really got the start at the uh, at the second wide receiver position. Yeah, seven catches, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, that's a coming out party like a mug. Including yeah. including a great long touchdown where he just threw, you know, caught it 50 yards downfield. Well, it's Kirk Cousins, 35 yards downfield, threw threw the defender off of him, outruns the safety to the end zone. And Justin Jefferson, this is how sick the LSU team was last year in college. Justin Jefferson was the number two receiver for Joe Burrow last year. Wow. Um, the number one guy, Jamar Chase, opted out this year and will be a top 10 pick next year. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's going to be playing now. And at first we were like, oh, is he a bust? He's not playing, he's not getting snaps. But I think it was just like... Learning the offense took a while. They everything was virtual. You know, it just took a little bit. But I think they might actually have a second receiver to go with Thielen again, which would help them out quite a bit. Maybe not this year, but but going forward. Agreed. Yep. Uh, we have the Panthers twenty-one at the Los Angeles Chargers sixteen. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, honestly, <laughs> honestly. I don't know, man. This this division is so outrageous. I don't know, man. I, what do you what do you got? Maybe I can feed off what you got. So the first note I wrote down here is that now the Jets are the only potential 0-16 team. Now the Panthers got to win. Um, I have that Anthony Lynn is a very strong potential Black Monday candidate to get fired. You know, after after what happened last week, and then losing at home to the Panthers and you only score 16 points. Yeah. You know. So so then I guess there's a fifth coach then. I I I didn't I didn't peg him yet because the quarterback situation I mean they lost Rivers and quarterback situation not really solved yet because Tarah Taylor is not, you know, he's he's a he's a serviceable backup to me. I don't know if he's a starting QB. Uh, well, you might have a different thought on that. Well, he's only a serviceable backup anymore now since that doctor decided to puncture his lung. Yeah, man. Oh. That Could you imagine? Holy shit. Dude, yeah. That, that is awful. Yeah, I think if I'm a millionaire athlete and a doctor oh, yeah. punctures oh, my yeah. lung, I think yeah. I'm just getting the best lawyers in California and I think that the team will be called the Los Angeles Tyrods. Yeah, he loses. He loses his, his license, and I, he's gonna he's gonna pay my grandkids. Like, yeah, seriously. yeah. I would, I would, I would own thirty percent of the team, uh, pretty pretty quickly. The thing about this game though is that the Chargers only scored sixteen points, but Keenan Allen went off, and Austin Eckler went off. Like they both had great games. Herbert didn't look that terrible, right? The team is not without talent. The team is without good coaching. Yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, yeah, I, you know what? You're right because I think you mentioned to me last, last episode. It was uh, the the idiotic remark that he made. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's not helping himself out. He's not helping himself out. No. Now, did you see the final play of this game? No, I did not. So in 21-16, you know, the Chargers have the ball. They get one more play. They're at like the the Panthers' 35 yard line, and they run a perfect hook and ladder. Wow. Perfect. You know, talking Boise State, Oklahoma, uh, Chargers, Miami, just in the early 80s, just perfect hook and ladder. The problem is that Keenan Allen missed the pitch to Austin Eckler. He threw it over his head. But if you watch, like, all three of the Panthers players on the way that Eckler was going to be going, they're all running full speed the wrong way. 
Yeah, I mean, it yeah, was, you, yeah, it, it you have to game. execute that. Yeah, you have to execute that. Yeah, you know, to perfection. And I'm pretty sure they probably practice it. Yep, a bit. Yep, but it doesn't work if you don't. If you're not there to catch it, or you can throw it over my head. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful play, and it got me thinking that I think teams should do more hook and ladders just through the regular course of the game. Like they should just like like once or twice a game they should just do it. Because, because if if the defense has to think about it coming, that sort of freezes safeties in place. I think it opens up more post routes, more crossing routes, stuff like that. So I actually think teams should run it not just in desperation; they should just run it just because part, part of their thing. Because yeah. like like the new Wildcat or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, should just, they should just work it in there a little bit. And I've got another thing that teams should just do more frequently than they do coming up in the Sunday night game. So. The next game we have here, we have the Fighting Cleves, the New York Jets 7. Jesus. Philip Rivers in the Colts 36. Go ahead. So, as you, <laughs> I don't even know what it's fire fucking gates. We lose <laughs> if we lose Thursday, if we lose Thursday, this is a foregone conclusion. This experiment is over. Like it's over. I mean, I would take Todd Bowles back immediately. This is insane. <laughs> I can't believe that, you know what, like Sam Darnold, he has to be like, I should have broke my hand coming out of the draft. I should have took a fucking uh, a, a mallet to my hand and smashed it to, to bits. Because this guy's not, you know, not progressing. Three picks, right? Three picks. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, three picks, right? Is, yes. Is that right? Yeah. So... He's tied with Danny Dimes for the four picks for the season. <laughs> I think the only other person that has more picks than them is um, is Carson Wentz. Um, and you know, I don't even know what to say. I'm running out of shit to say about this team. I'm run- I'm gonna watch this Broncos game, or or at least try to. But I think I'm gonna make it to halftime before I'm rearranging my stock draw. I. Uh... I love that you think that Sam Darnold should have avoided the Jets like Trump avoiding Vietnam. Like, like just, <laughs> just like, you know what? I need an injury. I got to get out of this. I can't. I can't possibly do this. No way. I, I, I don't I don't understand, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that we can go to with the decision making, not only in games, but just from a. A standpoint of letting you know your best player go, <laughs> Jamal Adams is like fuck it, I'm done. Right. You know, like I, I just this, it's a laughing stock, bro. I, they they will not. They were projected to win five games this this year. How? How? Unless they go into to to a college conference, I don't even see that happening, dude. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the MAC isn't playing this year, so I don't think there is a conference <laughs> that the Jets could go into and still. Uh, <laughs> It still come up with five wins. It sure as hell is at the SEC. Oh yeah, this is crazy, man. And 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 you know, I know we're going to talk about you know the the uh, KC game a little later, but the fact that you know you got coaches that should have gotten a shot, I am not. I'm just it, it just blows my mind that we took a a ex coach in our own division, um, and we knew what he was. We saw the body of work. And we still took this guy, and then they they the brass comes out and says that he's a fucking genius. Like he he's no, he's a great decision maker or what? I'm like, what? So yeah, I don't even know, man. I, I just the jersey's in the closet. It's not coming out till next year. I'm not gonna don it. 
I just don't think that we're we're gonna even compete. I mean, it's 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 over. It's over for us. <laughs> uh, well, I I agree with that. It is definitely over for the Jets. So uh, this might be a conversation for a couple weeks from now. But I agree that the Jets are just done. So do you think they should start looking at shopping their like viable talent for absolutely picks? A- absolutely. I mean, that would be the smart play. Uh, no pun intended. That would be the smart thing to do. Obviously, because you know you gotta, you know you gotta, you know what? What what are we playing for at this point? You know these guys are gonna play for a paycheck. I get that, but you know there's no contention. There's no, you know, this division is is Cam Newton's to lose right now. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Josh Allen's got something to say about that. I don't. You see, the thing that scares me with him is is his running. Like he, you know, his. I don't know. Like I don't know if he thinks he's. I don't know. He thinks he's something else, but I think I, I honestly think the Patriots until they until they are dethroned from from that seat, I think is their is it's their their division because Fitzy's not going to carry you know carry the fence till you know Darnold and the Jets are done. You know the Bills is the only thing that, that can. Yeah, you're right. Bills is the only thing that, that can stop them because I I forgot that they upgraded receivers and stuff like that. So yeah. So yeah, you touche, my friend. You do score that. Yeah, I think that I I personally think the Bills are going to are going to win that division. Also, I'm not so worried about uh, uh, Josh Allen's running. So Cam Newton is six five two forty. You know he's a huge guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen is six five two thirty eight. Like he, yeah, he's like he's that's the thing we mentioned it last week. Stylistically, they're they're very similar, and mm-hmm. that's because they're very similar. So. So yeah, so I think I think that the Bills are most likely to win to win the division now. But I also agree with you that until the Patriots actually don't win it, they, yeah. we should just consider them. Yep, it's so. unbelievable, man. I mean, I, I, I've you know, like I said, I've been a I've been a Jets fan since since nineteen eighty eighty four, and I've I've sat through some years. Um, was always the laughing stock of my friends, you know. Tried to talk shit, but it's just. <laughs> It's just not been good, man. I, I don't even know, you know. I think after, let's say, like a 20-year losing pattern, like, you should lose your franchise. Like, you should lose your franchise for five years. So, you know? I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that because I want to have a team to root for. I would have I would have lost my team when I was six. So, that's not even true. We would have lost. I would, they would have gone before I was born. Like, I would have yeah. known the Detroit Lions. I would have been, I would have oh, been somebody, somebody else. So, I do think that in 1984, you looked around the league and you were like, well, Marino's throwing 48 touchdowns and whatever, but I like Ken O'Brien. That's my guy. Well, I, I was a Blair Thomas guy until he could be pretty much fumble getting out of the shower. He would just fumble. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would fum- fumble his eggs, fumble his, his book bag on his back, <laughs> fumble to the fucking car. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Tell Jeff Lockerman I said hello. Oh. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the next, the next, I mean, I have nothing to say about the Colts. I mean, they just beat up on the Jets. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a gimme game. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, So, the next game, though, was to me the game of the week going into it, even including the Monday night game from like a learning about teams situation. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys 31 at Seattle 38. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. All right, so I'm just going to preface with this. Um, did. They need to pay Dak Prescott and just get that just get that done with because the guy is out there doing everything he can to try to win games. 
I'm not a fan of the coaching because I'm not a fan of the coach. Yeah. But, I mean, this guy's putting up what, what I, well, you might have it in front of you 475. I don't know what it was that he threw for. He, um, he, he threw for many yards. I don't have it in yeah. front of me, but he threw for a lot of yards. Yeah. And, and this is the second or third week in a row that he's done that. Um, and I get it, but their defense, I mean, they're missing a couple of guys, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, they are missing some players, which is not helping them. Also, you know, a bit of a tougher, uh, a tougher schedule for them here. That that, mm-hmm. hasn't been, that hasn't been great. So I have a note here, and it says, quote, Cowboys are okay, but McCarthy sucks. So I agree with you about the coaching. Yeah, I just don't think he was the fit for, you know, that squad. Um, yeah. You know, I just don't think he's the fit for that squad. I just, you know, again, you know, and I think you've lightened me over the years that I've known you that, you know, you spent all that time in Green Bay with arguably the second best quarterback yep. uh, living right now. And you only got one chip. Yep. <laughs> so what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is the reason Aaron Rodgers doesn't have more Super Bowls. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we have we have that about this game. We also definitely need to talk about Russell Wilson playing completely out of his mind and the let Russ Cook thing is just completely out there now. Like yeah. I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that like my great aunt Sally in Pickford, Michigan is out here talking about let Russ Cook at this point, you know. I don't think that uh uh this is this is hidden anymore. But something that's interesting is just how much they're letting him cook. So in neutral game neutral game scripts, so game scripts where like one team isn't way ahead or way behind, teams can just run the offense they they want to run. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks are the most likely team to pass on first down in the entire league. Okay. That's insane. They they were at the bottom of that list, you know, <laughs> for like the last couple of years. You know, to go from that all the way up to the top, this is not just a couple games or anything. Like, this is happening. Pete Carroll has decided. He's heard it. He knows what it is. Let Russ go out and do his thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, the guy's a stud at a quarterback, you know. Um, from the day he took the, took the reins, he showed that he, that he could, you know, definitely play in this league. And I just, it blows my mind that he hasn't had an MVP in the time that he's been playing. Like, I just... I just thought it was, you know, he was always in content. I don't know. I, you just don't hear him. You never heard his name just always, like, right there to say, well, this guy is the man. I, You know, he's he's a great quarterback, man. And and he shows that you don't have to be a super tall guy <laughs> right. to do it. You know, this guy's out there making magic, you know. You know, he runs for his life sometimes. and But he, he lets the play develop. And he... He, he's reading the defenses. I don't know. It's, it's He's a great quarterback. Yeah, no, he's he's a fantastic quarterback. And what would you think of him and his performance if I told you that he says he has thrown three touchdowns in every game so far this year? What I think of that? Yeah, like that's really good, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's actually thrown four in every game. In one game, he threw five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah. the guys. The guys special. I mean, you know, they're they're gonna do their thing. They're, I mean, long as he's, as you said, the less Russ, Russ let Russ cook. Yep. Hashtag is out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, also, we need to talk about their upcoming schedule and the fact that he's gonna win the MVP for sure because he's thrown four touchdowns at least in every game so far. There, these are his next four opponents: Miami, Minnesota, Arizona, San Francisco. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the guy might. Yeah, the guy might be at 
at about 20 touchdowns when that when those four games are up. If they let him cook <laughs> against Miami and get good fits, he might throw eight touchdowns. <laughs> like if can get them like the Dolphins like 24 points and they just let Russ go against that team, they they might score 56. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. It's that good. Yep. Um one other thing we have to talk about in this game, we cannot let this go because of our longtime DK Metcalf discussion. <laughs> hey, hey, I t- <laughs> I can't say I told you so, but I, I have a retort. So go. What yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this yet, Google DK Metcalf digs fumble and the video will pop right up. What happens is that DK Metcalf smokes Trayvon Diggs uh, for a long touchdown. Russ throws this bomb, drops it right into him at the 10-yard line. And Metcalf thinks that he has just completely smoked Diggs and that Diggs is nowhere near him. So he slows down going in the end zone. And Diggs catches up and punches the ball out. And it goes through the back of the end zone for a touchback. So instead of a 72-yard touchdown, it was only a 71-yard catch and the Cowboys ball. Yeah, I mean, but it goes to show you guys, any of of you you people that aspire to be coaches or a young player who's listening, you never give up on the play. Right. It's not over until that, that, that touchdown sign goes up or that whistle is blown. And as you can see, when Diggs realized he was beat, he said, you know what? I got some jets on me. Let me see if I can get some closing speed to at least, you know, get behind him. And DK letting up, that's a that's a, a rookie move. And I would have I would have had some choice words for him if I was the coach. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Right. What and are thing, you doing? It was the thing too is that so DK Metcalf, we always talk about how he's raw. Um and he's got a lot of development to do. Like, not going 100% isn't one of them. Like, that's actually out of character for him. That's what makes it so funny. Like, because, it, and it's not like he has in his coaching. Like, he's DK Metcalf. He's a Metcalf Metcalf. Like, yeah. Eric is either his dad or his uncle or something, right? So it's not like he's not been around football or no or heard this or whatever. That was just completely out of character for him. You know, it's not Plexico Burris. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we've seen people. We've. I mean, what is it? It was it Nate Newton. Is it? Is it the guy that from the Cowboys? No, Leon Lett. I'm sorry, Leon Lett. Yeah, <laughs> twice. Nate, Nate Newton twice. had a thousand pounds of weed in the van. Leon Lett's the one that. Uh, hey, he was holding. <laughs> for personal use, officer. <laughs> he was holding. He's a, he's a lineman. He was holding. So I get it. Uh, you think this is bad? You see what Urban has in his truck. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah don't get him like the play, Super man. Bowl. Yeah, when when uh, Ch- uh, Don Beebe ran him down. Yeah, you know you don't, you know you don't like, um, you know I had a high school play where I, um, I don't, I probably told you this, where I got to, I, it was a um a broken play, it was it was a sweep, and and I'm getting the ball. I'm 80 yards down the field, and this is the time. So I'm I'm age I'm showing my age here, guys. This is the time when, you know, Deion Sanders was playing for the Falcons and every kid wanted to high step and scissor kick like Walter Payton and, and how Deion did it and stuff like that. And I'm like maybe 10 yards out. So, yeah, almost like a DK Metcalf. And I, I put the ball down and I'm high stepping and it gets tomahawked down. I get tackled and I'm watching the guy run the ball back the other way. Thinking, okay, he's gonna get tackled at some point, and he ended up running it back for a touchdown. <laughs> the coach said to me, "He said, son, for your safety, you gotta ride with my wife today. Can I put you in that bus with the other kids?" 
<laughs> and then his my wife, safety. And then his wife proceeded to beat the shit out of you. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's that's. No wonder you weren't as mean to DK as I thought you might be. No, because I because I I watched that and it brought back some very fucked up memories, and I'm like, <laughs> man. When you sent it to me, I was like, oh god, it's it's what I thought it was. I thought it was like something else. But I was like, okay, maybe it's a fumble. They fought for it, and he, and the guy got it. I didn't realize that he was within scoring. Like you don't, yep. you run through the fucking end zone. Like you just right. keep going. Right. You know? Yeah. Um. Do you think he, do you think DK had a ride home with Pete Carroll's wife? Probably. <laughs> I would I would have made. It. I'm like, hey, you don't fly home with the team. <laughs> charter charter fucking coach or whatever somewhere else. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is Spirit Airlines. You have fun with that. <laughs> Yeah, that unbelievable. But yeah, he he needs to um to really you know like I said, it it, it might have been a one off, but you got to understand that you're in a professional football league where you know this cornerback thought he was beat. I mean, I'm sorry, you thought he was beat, and the guy closed in on you. You let up. If you didn't let up, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have caught you. So, you know, good good for Diggs, man. He's showing that he's that he belongs yep. in this league. Yep, absolutely. They uh so one last one last thing on this game, and it's uh uh hot take prediction but i'm ready to make it on september whatever it is it's still september that's the point yeah the seattle seahawks are going to the super bowl okay that's your pick okay yeah and i said they're gonna win i said they're going yeah 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 i yep. i well i can't i the way the way they've been playing and the way russ has been looking yep. it's hard for me to even put cold water on that so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think I think they're gonna have the the buy and the home field and all that. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. they're I think I think they're gonna end up going. Uh, so the next game, talk about a team that is definitely not going to the Super Bowl. We have my Detroit Lions twenty six at the Arizona Football Cardinals twenty three. Forward down the field, let's go Lions. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Get your, yeah. get your one win so you don't go zero sixteen again. It was bad enough one time. You don't want to do it twice. Get that win out of the way. Now we can just lose everything. Get that great draft pick. That'll be uh, that's that. But no, it, this game was definitely a case of the Arizona Cardinals playing terribly. Mm-hmm. And we will get to the Monday night game coming up here. But the mm-hmm. stark simulators of how Arizona played and how the Ravens played. Okay. And the Lions were able to take were able to take advantage. Kyler threw, I believe, three interceptions. Was not able to run the ball particularly effectively. Uh, and so the Lions, you know, they were with, with a walk-off, with a walk-off field goal. They played, the Lions probably played an A-minus game for them, and they needed a walk-off field goal to beat the Cardinals C game. So mm-hmm. I'm not, like, under any sort of illusion the Lions are are good or anything, but it was still a good win to get. And my only note football-wise for this game is that DeAndre Hopkins is absolutely uncoverable. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I've said this, and that's the reason uh, amongst the other uh, egregious things that that Bill O'Brien has done that's the one that's going to get them that that's going to get him fired the fact that like that yep. guy walked out the door yep yeah i mean he i mean at one point the lions were like double bracketing him and he still had like four catches in that situation just just yeah. just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you 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 try to every I mean you would have to try everything you can to say, hey, please, what do I need to do for you not to leave? Because obviously they missed the guy. <laughs> yeah. And also I think if you're the owner of the team, you go to him and be like, Hey, what do you need? And he goes, You need to fire the coach. It's like, okay, well, we're getting a new coach. Yeah, yeah. That 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 would have and, and I know we joke around a lot, but that would actually happen to say, Hey, you know what? 
you know what? I need this kid, and we can we can actually win without you at the right. helm. So, <laughs> right, right. Deshaun Watson, New Hopkins, and Bill O'Brien. Which one's expendable? Oh yeah, I mean yep. that's that's Survivor going all the way. Like, hey, you're off the island, buddy. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so again, not too much about that game. Just you know, just glad the Lions got a. Uh, uh, got to win, you know, a one in 15, two in 14 years. Fine. It's fine by me. Get a high draft pick, you know, ransom it off for one of the quarterbacks, acquire more picks, something like that. So, you know, I'm cool with it. I'm glad we didn't just limp to wins against, you know, the bears rematch and once against the Vikings or whatever, like let's beat a good team on the road one time, have a good week. So that was, that was cool. Uh, the next game on the schedule here, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28, the Denver Broncos 10, and not much, not much to say about this game at all. It felt like a Steelers game, actually. But uh, the Broncos are pretty much toast. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got here with the injury bug too. I, I thought they would have been, you know, and I think I've we, we were talking about this offline once. Um, you know, they're a defensive team, and by by losing Vaughn Miller early for the season, um, and then losing a couple of people. Right? It was uh, they lost one of their draft picks. Yeah, oh. yeah, they lost um, they lost Cortland Sutton, who was their yeah. up and coming, gonna be you know just breakout number one dominant wide receiver. He tore his ACL. Yeah, so he's, so he's done. The quarterback is hurt. Yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, so, so yeah, they're, out. yeah, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah, so they're 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 pretty much done. So that's that's a little too bad for them, but whatever. Uh, Brady threw a deep pass. I heard. Yeah, <laughs> Miller. He threw he threw a ball like forty five yards downfield. I I couldn't believe that. I think he had to ice his shoulder on the sideline right after, but he did it. <laughs> and and uh, that's I mean that's that's pretty much it from this game. Mike Evans looked good. He had two at at one point. Mike Evans' stat line was two catches, two yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought was really, which I thought was really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but really, you know, the Broncos just, you know, they're, they're running out Jeff Driscoll and. I don't know. They played some other quarterback. Who cares? You know, so nothing like whatever the Bucs did in this game. It's like the Colts against the Jets. Like, it doesn't really say much about the Bucs. Just that they yeah. take care of their business. So Yeah, you're supposed to win that game. Yep. So moving on to the primetime game. So we have the Sunday night game. The Green Bay Packers, 37 at the New Orleans Saints, 30. Man. Um, well, we've, we've, we both agree that Aaron Rodgers is, is on borrowed time. Until that whole thing falls apart, yeah. Because uh, the receiving core is gonna, when it when it counts, it's gonna it's gonna let him down, because they should have drafted a weapon for him. But yep. uh, Breeze is looking, I don't know, man. Uh, you know what? This should be like a shut off for quarterbacking. Like, okay, <laughs> when you get to like when you get to like forty, okay, like all right, we're you know you gotta play for like league minimum or be done. <laughs> Yeah, I, so the thing about Breeze is that he is not playing well. Like he's making poor decisions now, which is different. Uh, he's got a noodle arm, and I think that the noodle arm's actually been there for a couple of years. And I think Mike Thomas has actually bailed him out. You know, Mike Thomas gets 14 catches a game, but they're all like 10 yards downfield. Yeah, you're the second person that said that. Yeah, so so I think I think that Thomas, you know, not having Thomas is really exposing what Drew Breeze's shortcomings. Are now. I mean, aside from like his awful political opinions, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, his his noodle arm, his noodle arm. Now, one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about too is that the Breeze had no Mike Thomas, but Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams. 
No. Each was without their one wide receiver, but only one of them looked like the Hall of Fame quarterback that they both are, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Breeze, this is Breeze last year, and honestly, he might already be toast, but that team is good enough that they're going to make the playoffs anyways, I think. Yeah, I mean, and it's a shame because the, the time that he did have – um, they were robbed with some egregious calls. Uh, well, one year an egregious call. The other year, you know, the, the the Minnesota miracle. So yeah, I mean, they had they had two chances at a chip, possibly three. There were two Minnesota miracles. There's the Stefan Diggs long one, and then the Kyle Rudolph push off. Oh yes, I yep. forgot about that it's one. It's three. Holy shit. It's three. Yep. Fuck man. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I think, I mean, they're going to be in contention again this year, but they are now, with Breeze not being good, they cannot be getting hurt, right? If Thomas goes out for for longer, he should be back this week um, against the Lions. Ugh. Um, he should be back this week. But if, like, if Kamara goes down for six weeks, they're, they're toast. So yeah, yeah. They, they have to stay healthy, but if they do, they're going to be in the conversation towards, towards the end. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about Alvin Kamara, and my boy Paul reminded me of this: is that Elvin Kamara was the number forty-two overall player out of coming out of high school, five-star running back out of Georgia, goes to Alabama, and he transferred because he couldn't get touches. So, first of all, it's amazing that Elvin Kamara couldn't get touches in college. See what he's doing now. But these were the three running backs that were sophomores or freshmen when Elvin Kamara was a freshman at Alabama. TJ Yeldon, <laughs> uh, uh, Kenny Drake, the running back for Arizona now, mm-hmm. and Derrick Henry. <laughs> when you show up to that practice, you're like, I'm not going to play. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And so, like, okay, maybe you can see why he can't get touches there. So he transfers to Tennessee. And in Tennessee, he couldn't get touches either. He was splitting time with Jalen Hurd, who's all wide receiver for the 49ers. Yeah. It's just like, I, so like in hindsight, it's like, what in the world? So of course he slips to the third round of the draft. But really, I can't believe this guy was a third round pick, right? But, but see, but you know what? In all seriousness, that's what, that's what happens now with running backs. Because when I was you know, a lot younger, you know, as a kid, I guess, watching football, the, the running back position was very coveted. Now it's like I can get a guy in the third round, like, you know, like this situation. I don't, I don't, it makes the Saquon pick look even worse, like you said. Yes. Like when, when you can get a guy, you know, you know, we'll see what Saquon is in five years. But, you know, when you can get a guy in the second, third round, you know, and you don't have to pay a hell of a lot for him, and he's going to give you the same production or even more. You know why? You know why draft high? You know? Right, right, and that so that I mean that is absolutely right about running backs, but for Kamara specifically, like one, get the kids some touches, uh, and two, I don't know how he fell in the third round, but it was good, good for the Saints. And then my last point on this game. I mentioned that teams should do hook and ladders more frequently, you know, maybe once or twice a game as like a way to keep defenses honest. Aaron Rodgers this game made the Saints jump off sides with a hard count, I think, 47 million times. And in a stadium with no, well, hardly any fans. Right. And so it's hard to do when there's fans on the road. It's hard to do a hard count, but not when you're at home. And teams do, every team does hard counts on like third and short, fourth and short, whatever. 
Teams should just do random hard counts all the time. Just like a random <laughs> second and nine. <laughs> and like everybody jumps. And and now it's second and yeah. four. Right. It, it is so disciplined. It is so like who's disciplined, who's not. Right. You know, they should do it just at the most random times, whatever. You know, you take a holding on a first and 10, now it's first and 20. Boom. Hard count, get first and 15. Like, I think you could actually really steal. And as defenses adjust to this, it'll actually slow down pass rushes. Yeah. Right. So I think teams should just start just, just not all the time, but just random, just, oh, it's second and seven, right? Third and 13. Okay, now it's third and eight. <laughs> right. You know, so I think teams, I think teams should be adapting that more and more frequently and more wider to more situations. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. Uh, final game here. We have the Monday night game from last night, where I think you and I are going to have some major disagreements. Oh man! Yes, Kansas City Chiefs thirty-four at Baltimore Ravens twenty. All right. First of all, I'm going to say this for all the fans listening, for all the the, the good listeners, the good people that 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 listen to this show weekly. This is not a rivalry. This is not a rivalry. What a rivalry is is Michigan Ohio State. No matter who's the quarterback, no matter who's running backs, who the receivers are, it's it's a war every time. This is this is one player pretty much owning another player, and it's not his fault. It's just the way it is. The way we just, we saw two types of quarterbacking last night, right? I'll you know it's one game, you know, early in the season because they, they will meet again. But you saw someone put up ninety seven yards. In, in football, 97 yards versus 385 yards. And it was it was at some points I actually felt sorry for the fucking Ravens. Because <laughs> they just couldn't get their shit together. I don't even I don't even know what it was. You know, they had 30 yards of total offense in the first half after their first drive. 30 yards of offense in two quarters. Right? You know, um guys were getting missed a lot, you know. I just kind of like wanted Lamar to settle down and just kind of trust his reads. But they're, and again, you may disagree with this. When they're when they're playing from behind, they panic. Not just Lamar, the entire team and probably the coaching panics because they they can't get in a shootout. If they can if they get in a shootout with this team, it's not gonna happen. Because the scoring is ridiculous. Did you see that play when Mahomes dropped back 12 yards? Yeah. Oh my god. I'm I'm holding my I'm like wait a minute how do you how do you justify the trust to say my, my quarterback can drop back twelve yards and pretty much fling it downfield? I mean, I don't disagree with anything you said as it pertains to this game specifically. The Ravens played poorly, yes. across the board as a whole team. I'm not yes. putting in. On Lamar, I'm putting on the entire squad. Defense, offense, special teams, everything. Yep. yep. And so, like I mentioned earlier, I think Arizona played a poor game. And Kyler Murray played a poor game against the Lions. And they lost to the Lions on a less second field goal. The Ravens played poorly against the Chiefs and lost 34-20. to But really, this game felt more like 41-13. to Because of the kick return, right? The Ravens had that kickoff return. Yeah, yeah. That, that like, jumped them up. So... The game actually was not as close as that 14 points. So that's the difference between the Chiefs and the Lions, right? If you play poorly against the Chiefs, you're losing by 20. If you play poorly against the Lions, you might lose on a last second field goal. You might not. 
So the Ravens played poorly. The Ravens are not as bad as they showed last night. The problem for them going forward is that I'm pretty sure that this game was the deciding factor for home field advantage for the AFC. Yeah, because going through Arrowhead. Because remember, there's only one team now that gets a bye. Only one team that gets home field advantage. So I think this game was it. And for the Ravens to lose this game, I think that now the Chiefs are going to have home field advantage as we, as we go through. And I think that this game will be the AFC title game, but now they're going to have to play it in Kansas City. Yeah, which which you, you don't want to do for a, a couple of reasons. Yep. Uh, weather-wise and then, you know, yep. it's Arrowhead. <laughs> yep, Ab- absolutely. So, it's Arrowhead. Yeah, so, yeah. I, so I don't have too many conclusions to take from this game about the teams. Besides that, you better play your A game against the Chiefs or you're going to get boat raced out of the building. Um, they have they have fun out there for yeah. some reason. That they look they look like, I, and this is no disrespect to these professional athletes. They look like they're have like Friday Night Lights. Like like they're having a great time playing in their high school, you know, regional, you know, whatever games. And they're like these guys are having a great time out there. Yep. You yep. know, absolutely. Holmes is relaxed. There was no pressure on him on the guy. You know, this guy can sling it. You know, this guy can run. There was no, I think you even texted me like, hey, where's the pressure or something like that? I'm like, I don't even know if they're hitting this guy tonight. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so I think the one thing I want to end on for for this game is this hot take. And I want, I don't want your opinion on this. Sure. I think that Patrick Mahomes is one of the three best quarterbacks ever. Already. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, from, from the eye test, um, and from the body of work now, again, um, and this is where I might, I might defer a little bit or I'm sorry, differ a little bit, um, in the errors, you know, obviously, you know, some players are like complaining in the error, you know, it's a passing league. Um, so it's more, you know, you can't jam your receivers like you could. So a lot of things are favorable to someone with this skill set but yeah judging from what I've seen from the moment he started a game he's never had a bad game yet so he's like the Floyd Mayweather like you want to see him hurt you want to see not hurt like physically but you but you want to see him down you want to say okay he has to play from behind or you know we kind of saw that a little bit with the Texans last year uh and the and, Titans they had a couple yeah, behind and the, yeah and the 49ers and, yeah. they came from behind in all three yeah so Given given we've seen this guy just not have a bad game and just always is upbeat and ready to go. Um and I, I, I saw a clip where I don't know if um the enemy was berating the team on the sideline, but after that I, after that little rant, like they came out and just like fight like they were firing on all cylinders. And I'm like, you know what? This is this is what Dave talks about all the time when he talks about the quarterback play. Like you Elway was right. He would have gave him more. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it, there's no arguing that this guy's worth every bit of money he's getting he's getting paid yep. because he he's the X factor out there. So when I say the three best, I mean literally the three best people to play the position. Now that's different than the three greatest, right? Because greatest takes your accomplishments into account and all that. Correct. Yeah. And you can't yeah. be one of the greatest in your like your third season. Um so like for example, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. 
you know, combining skill with accomplishments or whatever. He is not one of the best. In my opinion, the three best quarterbacks, and it's not even close, are Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, and Patrick Mahomes. They are the three that I would not trade for any other quarterback ever on any team. Okay. Right. Um, either the three that I think would make any team they were on better as long as they weren't replacing each other. Yeah. So, and I think that Mahomes, I think that, you know, he's so young and it's so early, but I think when you watch him, you watch what he can do in the way he can play, it's very much like Marino with two, two in his second year, 84. It's just like, okay, this guy is different. He's special. He's got it. And I think that, so I think Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and Patrick Mahomes are the three best quarterbacks um, to ever play the position. Yeah, and it's hard because like I can't really judge players from like the 50s or 60s. Like for all I know, Otto Graham was just that great. Yeah. But, but, I mean, but honestly, like I don't we're talking don't, modern you know, we're talking modern era. So Yeah, well you know. I, and I have a modern era. Like the thing is I don't really think that any of the players from back in the day with few exceptions were actually that good i just like compared to today like uh a guy i follow online fantasy guy he said that if chris conley the wide receiver for the jaguars played in the 1960s he'd be jerry rice like you know he would just be uncoverable like so it's unfair to compare eras but this era is harder even with the rule changes because all the players are better yeah well well like I said, I'm I'm a you know boxing is the only sport that doesn't have a doesn't have a clear cut error because the rules you know the rules have been the rules for a hundred years. Prior to that was you know prior to the Queensberry rules there were it's anarchy. But with football, we've seen some some changes and innovations that change the game. You know, I always would say um, someone asked me the other day that they was like, who was the greatest? Who's the greatest football player you've ever had you've ever seen? And I always say Lawrence Taylor. And it's because, I mean, he was a pass rusher, but he was, you know, he could do other things. But this is one person that changed seven things about football. Like the, the like the way we play, the way we see modern football now from 30, 40, 30, 40 years ago, this guy changed how we see football now. Yep. You know, and I don't remember other than, you know, whatever quarterback, um, you know, was really good at the forward pass. You know, where, where we see an innovation like that. Patrick Mahomes. It's not a. It's not a. A, a kind of um, great comparison to Kurt Warner, because Kurt Warner came out of the arena leagues and stuff like that. You know, quick off the ball, getting the ball out. I mean, Mahomes is just like he's the time is there and he's confident in his throws and, you know. So I agree with you. Like you know can't say greatest yet because there has to be right. a body of work of a career right, exactly. but but what we've seen so far i don't i don't really unless something changes this guy is here to stay yep and this guy is here to to, to do damage yeah yeah he's yeah that's what I'm, that's just you know i just want to put that out there for the listeners that like we don't need to wait and see like or like confirm that Mahomes is like this legend hall of fame like he just is so let's just enjoy that we have him for the next, you know, 13, 15 years or whatever. And it's, I mean, it's, it's on. Like he's, he's it. You see why Alex Smith was showing the door, right? <laughs> you see why he was showing the door. And again, when, when the jet, when the, the, uh, the Bears GM and brass were sitting there like, holy shit, we passed on this guy. It takes, takes me back to the, the conversation that we had in the gym 
about how many teams pass on Randy Moss. Right. It was like, you know what? I want to get this guy over Moss because Moss is a troublemaker or whatever it is. Yeah. You know? But like you said, this was on display in college. So it wasn't like a secret. No one knew. But obviously Trubisky was, there was some intel that said that we need to trade up to get this guy over these two other guys that are, you know, pretty damn good. Now it's looking really bad for Trubisky. I I, I don't think that he gets the job back unless Foles gets hurt. And I think he's shown the door and he will be a backup somewhere next year. Not probably on the Bears, but he'll be somewhere next year. Yeah, we can in the future we'll talk about where I think Trubisky ends up next year because I do have some I do have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he won't be on the Bears next year unless Foles goes down, he comes in and wins the Super Bowl. There's it's just it's it's uh it's not happening. So it's over, yeah. All right. Any closing remarks? Uh yeah, just looking forward to some of the games, some of the games next week to to pay attention to. A couple teams we talk about a lot are playing each other. The Cleveland Browns are at the Dallas Cowboys. Now we're going to see if uh, either if they, they implode or if, if Baker balls drop. Right. Like we're going to see like it's uh, um, yeah, we'll get to know a lot about these teams from them playing each other finally as they as they come up here. Uh, the Saints are at the Lions. If Ooh. And so we will learn a lot about the Saints too. The Saints should should steamroll the Lions. They're getting Michael Thomas back. If Drew Brees looks terrible, if they're not able to to do anything there, then for, for you know they might they might actually not be you know the contenders that I think they are. You think we'll see Jameis? <laughs> uh, only only an injury. They'll never okay. they'll never pull. They'd rather lose than bench Drew Brees. Too disrespectful. <laughs> um. Uh, the New York Giants are at the Los Angeles Rams. That's not going to be a good game. I just like the thought of Aaron Donald murdering Danny Dimes. Oh, my God. That guy. We didn't even speak about him, so hopefully he has a great game so we can talk about him next week. He is worth every penny. Yep. We have uh, every penny. Yep. For us, for us locally, we have the battle of 295, the Ravens at the football team. Okay. So that's, you know, for us here in the DMV, we got we got that. And then the, the primetime games are just absolute trash. We've got... The Sunday night game is the Eagles at the 49ers. Oh, my God. Which I think there might be like, I wonder if half the original starters for those teams are missing for that game. <laughs> uh, that very well could be the case. And then the Monday night game is a game that could be entertaining a little bit, but it's the Green Bay Packers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, my God. Yeah. So damn That might be the game that, that Quinn gets fired. Uh, Devontae might be back for that game, too. <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully, Devontae and Julio are both back for that game, and we can at least see like we should see some yards in this game. But this could be like a forty-eight to seventeen. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a crushing. Yep. So those are some of the games. Oh, I'm sorry. One more. Uh, the Patriots at the Chiefs. We touched on it earlier. Now we'll you know finally a good test for Cam. How does Belichick? Who does he choose to take away? What do they do? So you know if the yeah. Chiefs, if the Chiefs pound the Patriots, then we might be looking at. You know, a, a back-to-back likelihood here for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that if if it turns into a shootout, we'll see if Cam has the arm strength to hold up because the Chiefs can put points up quickly. And if, if you're behind and you're playing catch-up, you're going to get annihilated. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. It's been another great week, political football. Um, thank you for listening as as usual, guys. And you know, we 
we love any feedback. Uh, we both get it. So I'll give my email address, cleveland.wasting at gmail.com. That's Cleveland first name, dot wasting at gmail.com. You can email email me any questions. I'll put them on the show. And um, we can try to see if we can get some, some fan interaction other than just us two. Right, absolutely. And if uh, you have any questions uh, for me, just email Cleve. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Yep, have a good one. Later.